1: Right everyone, it's a new week, which yet again means a new gig pod. This is episode 154, and this one's mainly going to be our reaction to Celtic 4, Aberdeen now. which myself, Stevie, and Rizzo, who joins me, will get into immediately. John, without further ado, you are back. Well, you're not in a hot seat anymore, but you're back. How was your wee uh, appearance last week when the tables were turned?
0: I managed to get through, which was a difficult job. I don't envy you having to do... This every episode, be the host. But we're back to usual this week. And I suppose I better say hello, everybody. Hello, all the listeners. And hello, Stevie. I forgot to say that at the start, but there you go, whatever. That's just how we roll on GigPod. Let's go, as a great man once said.
1: Actually, I predicted 4 1. I think you said it was going to be 3 0. Is that right?
0: I think I did, yes. Although hey, I was looking at the stats. That shows how much preparation I do for this, folks. And I don't know where you get the Abilene one because they didn't have a single shot and goal. And the only chance they had was due to some uh, Joe Hart calamities, which we'll talk about later. But no, uh, I was at a game and you weren't, on a rare occasion. So this week, uh, I'll be getting grilled by you. So, uh, but yes, none of us got our predictions right. You had 4-1, I went 3 nothing, but... It could have been a lot more than four, because we were dominant.
1: Yes, everyone, I was indeed a family man due to childcare issues on Saturday. Real Celtic fans such as Rizzo were at the game enjoying a breathtaking performance from the Hoops, especially from Rio Hitati. And when we looked at the side before the game, John, it was generally the team we predicted, wasn't it? Although, O did start. I mean, beforehand, we knew we were texting each other on Friday, we did say that, Kyogo, even though Ange said he was fit in the pre-match press conference, probably should have been rested. He had that shoulder injury and it's more important that he's fit for that final on Sunday against Rangers. Thankfully he is. We did say all starting it should have been the priority. It should have been the main call that the manager made up front. And Indeed, it wasn't for the rough-and-tumble nature of Scottish football and people questioning these physical credentials. Um, he didn't look bullied whatsoever. In fact, he was doing the bullying. He was linking the play up very well. Um, he was dropping back all the way to like the centre circle at times to start moves too. It will only get better and better, and it's not an easy game to throw a guy like that into, especially for the style of football Aberdeen play, surface and all that as well, and the conditions weren't great. I thought he handled himself really well for us.
0: Before we talk about O, there was one player that didn't play, which nobody would have predicted. Aaron Moy. He missed the game caused injury and Matt O'Reilly came in. But the good news is he should be fined for the final and more than that in midweek. But no, I thought the O done well. As you say, it wasn't an easy game to play in because Aberdeen are quite a physical team. They were mainly focusing on defending. I mean, they weren't as nightmarishly defensive as they were in that game. We watched up at Pataudry, which was just terrible to watch. Thankfully, this game was far better. It was an easy game for him, but he did do well. And he's a different kind of player, but he did sort of remind me of uh, uh, Gigi, the late lamented Gigi, who seems to spend all his time now in press is in America talking about how oh, shit Scottish football is. He, uh, he did remind me of him a wee bit. I mean, I, I don't think he'll be as good as Aaron, him, but I mean, the way he held the ball up, I thought was good. And as you see, he was dropping back and working hard and I mean, conditions were pretty crappy, I'd say. It was paitling the rain and the surface isn't the greatest, Celtic. But as you say, I mean, it was a game we wanted him to start and he played well. I, I mean, I think it'll take him time to get back to his best. I mean, we've no saw how good Hatati and Dyson are until this season. OK, they did start last season well, but they sort of faded a bit, as we talked about. And I think that might be the same way. Oh, I think we've done the right thing in restricting his minutes. But his, his first start under his belt, that'll give him confidence. He's got, of course, his first goal he got last week. I wouldn't play him from the start, obviously, in the cup final, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I think it's almost guaranteed he's going to come on at some stage. I mean, Ange, even if it goes to the extra time, Ange will probably make changes. In either like this Between the 70th and maybe 85th minute, I'd say. And I definitely think that O will replace Kyogo, especially as Kyogo's just coming back from the injury he had. So I think it was important to get him game time, and I thought he did well enough. And I think really everybody played well for Celtic. Everybody that had a job to do, the defenders, could have just put on their, their uh, slippers and smoked pipes throughout the game. But no, I thought it was the right thing to do to start Owen. And I definitely think he'll get game time on Sunday as well.
1: Yep, so Celtic were 2-0 up inside the first 15 minutes. Cal McGregor got us off to a great start. Rifled at home after a couple of minutes. And then Rio Hattati made it 2-0 with such an excellent goal. Brilliant footwork and the composure to slot it past the goalie when most players would have probably panicked and last away at it. But John, here's an interesting stat. Um, in the last six games against Aberdeen, Callum McGregor scored three goals. He scored there. Then he scored at Pitodre, in the last meeting between the sides, just after the break. And then he scored that bizarre goal. Uh, last season it was a very crucial win I think after we lost 3-2 against Leverkusen where the ball hit off his back and went in from like a Johnny Hughes clearance I think and then also think about it the season before he scored a really important goal at Bethaudry when we won 2-1 to effectively clinch nine in a row um, and actually the season after that the bizarre three each game where a lot of people said that that was a death knell of Neil Lennon's Celtic side in the COVID season. He scored again against them. Um, I think he made it two one at the time he was. I was just looking through that where the amount of goals he scored against Aberdeen. Um, it's quite impressive, and not a lot of people will have picked up on it. But do you know that way where some players just love playing against a certain team? I think when it comes to Aberdeen, McGregor really really up against them.
0: I think the and St. Johnson are the teams that he scored the most goals against. I think it's five goals that he scored against both teams, but i seen on transfer market, so it must be true, that he's got 11 assists against Aberdeen as well, which is the most assists he's got against any team, so he really does like playing against him, and it really was a typical Callum McGregor goal, the sort of thing you want him to do more often, like get on loose balls at the end, on the end of the, the penalty box, and be there to take a shot, and I thought maybe the goalie could have done a bit better, I thought that the goalie was uh, it was half good, half bad, because he made a couple of great saves, but I thought he could have done better with two of the goals, but really that was what Cal McGregor should be doing more I mean, I, I know that's not his role as The Rock would say but he should be getting forward a bit more, and Rio Hatati. I know later on we'll go into Rhapsody about him but it was an excellent goal it was a great feat, and it was a great finish as well, and We'll talk about him more later on, but he is just a brilliant player.
1: I've taken some pills for my heart here in case I collapse, right? But Willie Collum and VAR got a decision right. Celtic could have went 3-0 up when uh, Jota was awarded a penalty, although I think it was a foul on Dyson that Willie Colum blew for. And then VAR actually ruled it out because they said that Jota was offside. When you see it back... It was the right decision. I couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> they actually called it maybe the first proper decision against us. It feels like it's a, a rarity. Were you screaming at Colm at the time? Did you have to take back your words of fury?
0: No, you know, I'm a, a level headed guy. I keep it quiet, Stevie. You know that. I, I was really just surprised that we got it apparently because there didn't really like much in the challenge. I like think it was Johnny Hayes pushing Dyson. And when I saw that on TV, or when I saw it in the highlights on YouTube yesterday, I didn't think it was a penalty, I thought it was a pretty poor decision by Willie Colm, who yet again had another poor game, he's just not a good referee at all. It was the right decision for once that Jota was offside when he had the shot and goal, and that was a good save by the goalie, although he probably should have scored. But no, I think it was just sort of confusion of what the penalty had been awarded for, because it wasn't like Dyson had really appealed for it. And in fact, you flagged this up to me, and I saw it uh, yesterday, we should have, apparently, in the second half when Dyson get fouled when he had a shortened goal. And, of course, there was even a VAR check. No doubt if that happened involving another team, we'd need about an hour to check that for VAR and who knows, that could happen on Sunday. I really, there wasn't really that much a reaction because really nobody was really sure what the penalty was for cause it wasn't a, a really clear instant. And looking on the replay, I don't think it was a penalty. We should have, apparently, in the second half. Good old var done in the check. So I'm afraid that i am still no with VAR and Willie Colm as a really bad referee. I know Scotland's only get bad referees, but he's one of the worst. And In a way, I'm thankful he's not the referee in, in Sunday because no doubt he'd get in the way of the ball about 20 times. In fact, he got ran into when we scored the fourth goal as well and I'm surprised he didn't find a way to disallow it for a foul on him. So, no, I'm still no with VAR and Willie Colm. Not a good referee at all.
1: I just felt, John, for large periods of that second half, it was a lot like that Livingston game two weeks ago that we were just, like, we spent the majority of the time messaging each other, talking about how shit it was. Um, To be fair, you know... In the last 15 minutes, Celtic just raised the levels yet again with Hattati scoring a brilliant goal. And then the two subs combined, Hak did very well, setting up Abada, who made it 4-0. But what was the feeling for yourself at the game in that second half? Because, you know, I'm not expecting fireworks for 90 minutes from Celtic and Dessange's team. I'm really not. It's not sustainable. Do you feel I'm being overly critical here of the team?
0: I agree with you, really. It was pretty boring in the second half. I don't know if it was as boring as the Livingston game. Obviously, it wasn't because we did manage to score twice, and that Livingston saying half was a complete snowfest. But the game was won at 2-0. I mean, I don't want to be arrogant here, but Aberdeen will never, ever going to score unless Joe Hart done something stupid, which he nearly did, but it still didn't really result in a chance for Aberdeen. But I really think it was... I mean, a damage limitation, as you say, by Aberdeen, they wouldn't want to get hammered, and in the end, they did. And really... I have to say that a lot of the times when Celtic do make subs, the performance levels does drop. I mean, that's no saying that the subs can kind of contribute, and of course they did. They had an impact, as you are saying, the fourth goal, Haxibanevic to Abahata. But I think that the first team is so strong that sometimes the levels do automatically drop when you bring subs on, and I don't. I suppose it didn't really happen so in Saturday to that much to an extent because like Kyogo came on and he had an impact. But I think that the, the first team is so well drilled that it's always going to happen that there's going to be a drop-off, especially if, say, like, a two or three nothing up and the opposition on the off very much. They're just interested in defending like the, in their own half. So I, I kind of really complain and it's just something that's here to have to deal with and we navigate it well most weeks and the two goals we scored, I thought, were very good. I'll talk about the Aravada one first. It was a good play by Haxabanovich who... I really don't know what to make his share to create a feel about so if him, they get injured at a bad time and he's really not been able to get back in the team because we've been playing that well, but who knows maybe he could be a a, a guy off the bench that could win the cup final, he's definitely good enough to do that but I have to say, real Hattie, that, that third goal was just sensational the skill he'd done in the first place to get by three Aberdeen players and then he ran to the end, Yeah interception, just showed strength and power to run ahead and rifle the ball in the back of the net, for just say the penalty box. It was a, a great goal, the sort of goal that a guy like Paul McStay or John Collins for the good old day, well, good and bad old days of Celtic would have been proud to score and it was just a great goal and that's him, scored four goals in the last two games. He's just really in a great run of form and it's just at the right time and He's got eight goals and eight assists for the season. I think he'll get double figures in both. And you can see why Ange wanted to bring him to Celtic so much because he's that good. And that second goal he scored was sensational. I mean, I don't, I know this is like a cliche, but if if somebody in England scored that, they'd be raving about it for months and months. Whereas if it's here, they'd rave about it for about a minute and then we go into how brilliant Rangers no signings are. But what can you do?
1: I know that last week we obviously talked about Rio Hatati after his half-hour performance against Mirren, but it was a way that he just set the tempo from the start of the game against Aberdeen that was impressive. And yeah, I know that everybody will automatically go on about the stats when it comes to these players for the player of the year. If you take away the stats and you just watch Hattati on the park, John, even if he doesn't contribute to a goal or something, it's just what he does with the ball is just so impressive. Like, I mean, he holds on to it so well when he's under pressure, and the way that he can always sort of find them. And we've always talked about him um, t- taking risks, and he just doesn't like the fact that if he gives the ball away and you know something doesn't come off for him, he will try it again until it does. And I just love the confidence he's got. I think it's between him, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Kyogo, and Callum McGregor, the other four Celtic players that have been standouts this season. Um, and he's one of the few players as well that we've talked about John that really stood up to be counted in the Champions League and I think a lot of the big teams will have noticed that. I think the level of enjoyment I get out of watching Neil Hitati is the same as when I was watching John Collins week after week as a wee guy in the 90s John uh, just technically brilliant and my uncle and my granddad were always saying to me as well it was a different era of course but with John Collins in the nineties, they were always saying to me that they had a feeling, you know, he was going to be leaving and of course he did. He went to Monaco and he excelled even further in his career. And I think Hattati, his ceiling is just so high. I just think um real Hitati is by far in a way the one that's going to hit it at the highest level, I would say, John.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Maybe Matt O'Reilly, if he improves his game really he's still here, I'll play at a high level as well. But I mean I think Carl McGuire will be Celtic for the rest of his career, Aaron Moy. Brilliant player that like he is is coming towards the end of his career. So, no, I think Hitati is the guy that unfortunately will leave us probably sooner rather than later. I mean, I hope we get maybe at least another season out of him. And I think he could play in one of the so called big five leagues pretty comfortably. He's that good. And he is just peaking this season at the right time. I mean, I know some earlier this season some people thought he didn't get involved enough, but I don't know. Maybe I answered a word with him and said, Do you need to start scoring more goals? And okay, one of them was a penalty last week, but he's just at the right area all the time. He got on the, on the end of chances at the edge of the penalty box, a box-to-box type of player like John Collins was, as you say. And he's really, really good. And as you say, he stood up in the Champions League. A lot of players for us didn't do well in the Champions League. He was one of them that did. And I definitely think that'll catch club's attention. And I do think he will leave us around later, but for now, let's just enjoy him when we've got him because he's a... Special player and I'm just hoping that, I don't want to talk about Sunday yet, but I'm just hoping he gets more protection, who am I kidding really, for the man in black and he doesn't get kicked all over the place like he did in the semi-final last year Well, the referee did absolutely nothing to stop it. But thank goodness that referee's working in England now and stinking up the joint doing nail
1: No idea who you're on about, John. I definitely didn't work myself into a shoot about him after that game. I, I'm i kind of in two minds Do we talk about Sunday and now Or just focus on the game on Saturday And I'm thinking for Sunday's match Of course you'll tell the audience what we're going to be doing Later on in the week I just feel we do have to talk very quickly about Joe Hart in the second half, I've had my concerns with him um, all season. I've said that last season he was a huge uh, player for us and it was a big personality and we needed that type of goalkeeper, especially after the horror shows from uh, Vasilis Barkas and Scott Bain under range before Hart came in. Yeah, that second half, John, I mean, Aberdeen could have got right back in the game if they were anywhere near decent. I mean, the ball ended up at Johnny Hayes and He's crap. But, you know, if that was anybody with a bit of quality, we're probably in a bit of trouble there. And if if Joe Hart's mind wanders on Sunday, you know, like it did, John, in that New Year's game, where we were absolutely fine. And remember, Joe Hart uh, gave the ball away. And then Rangers missed a chance from it, to be fair. I know he made a very good save, but he caused the momentum shift in that game. I know it can happen, right? And I know he's got all the experience, John, but it's still something I'm concerned about because I'm not just saying it. Since the new year, and I'm not just saying it after Saturday, you know me, John, and we've been talking all season, I've said with Joe Hart, but the lapses in concentration, like we saw against Leipzig and everything, it does concern me. Sunday's a massive game where we have to be focused for the entire 90, there's just no room for error. I personally believe the game's a 50-50, I know you don't agree with me in that case, that's just how I feel about it, and I think we can't afford to begin into that game complacent whatsoever. When I saw that for Joe Hart, it was just, uh, it was giving me a bit of the fear. Am I overthinking it, you reckon?
0: Yes, you've been overthinking this game since we started talking about it. I'll go into that in a minute. I did have to laugh, though, uh, on mute when you said Johnny Hayes was crap. That's a guy that scored the Ibrox for, a you know, and a legendary win, but that was very funny. I don't really know what Joe Hart's uh, gimmick as the now I don't know if he just gets like lapses in a concentration and decides... I know they want him to play outside the penalty box a lot and like be a sweeper-keeper, but I just don't know if he's made for that nowadays, I think. He's coming towards the end of his career. He has made lapses this season. I really do think we need to sign another goalkeeper, and he shouldn't be the number one next season. But I don't know if we're going to, because we need to get rid of Barkas. We'll still get Scott Bain and Conor Hazard, would you believe he's still at the club? I mean we have obviously get Ben Segrist who has only played two games for us and actually I wonder if he'll play on Sunday if he's fit but if you remember he played the first two League Cup games and he only didn't play against Kelly in the semi-final because he was injured so I wonder if he'll come in for the the final. That's something we can talk about in midweek. I think if Johar does start on Sunday he'll be a lot more sensible I mean he won't do anything daft like he did against Aberdeen I've got to think because it's such a huge game and You've got to think that he's learned. You've learned his lesson from when we played the Ibrox, and he made a mistake, and that sort of gave Rangers confidence. Get back in the game. I think that Ange and the players will hold with him and say, "Don't do anything like that again. Don't do anything daft." And hopefully, it won't. And just briefly on the final, because I know we're going to do an, an extra pod, which we'll talk about in a minute. I didn't say I don't believe it's 50 fifty. I've always said it's going to be a tough game, and I do think it'll be a tough game. But I'm not being incredibly pessimistic about it, like you are, which I think you are, and I don't think for some bizarre reason you can shoot me down in flames here if you want in a minute. I don't think you've got confidence in this Celtic team, which is just bombing me. And I know you keep going, oh, they're just like Alan McLeish's Rangers who were that lucky and had, like, the sign of Celtic. No. They played us once. It was 2-1 to Rangers. Celtic were absolutely crap I mean, at Ibrox last month. They were winning 2-1 and then they retreated and went defensive. If they were really confident about beating us, they'd have went and tried to score more goals. But they didn't. They. they took players off. They went defensive. They invited us on. We made the right decisions. And we ended up getting an equaliser. And that was one of the worst performances of the season. That And domestically, probably setting worst. Only to St. away. So, I think that it's not going to be easy. It's against Rangers. It's never easy against Rangers. Obviously, VAR will interfere but if you've not got confidence in this Celtic team, you'll never have confidence in any Celtic team. Because this Celtic team is just relentless. Look at all these games we've played and we've talked about it before. Like The low average just says that we'll drop points today or we can't keep winning. But we do keep winning and we're playing well. So I don't think it's going to be a, a cakewalk. I don't think we're going to beat Rangers 4-0 again. But of course I've got confidence in this Celtic team that we can win. And I know Rangers get luck and I know that VAR's in it. But if we pick the right team and Ange does not do anything daft like decide to give James Forrest a start later at Ibrooks, then we'll win. And okay, I, I thought we would win at Ibrooks. But that's a and of course we never. But this is a different situation. Number one, Ange won't pick the wrong team. Number two, one of our most important players hopefully won't go off injured after half an hour. And we we won't put on a guy who's leaving out a position that turns in a stinker. So I don't think it's going to be easy. We'll we'll do a well, I don't know if we'll do our predictions in the midweek pod. We'll decide that on the day. But I've, I've got confidence in this team. And I think you should have confidence in a select team as well. And that's all I've got to say about the game on Sunday. Do you want to respond?
1: I'm not going to respond. I'm going to respond to you on the podcast we're going to be doing during the week. The gig pod final preview with me, you and Spunk Phone, which you can plug to the audience in a couple of seconds. Bye, I'm going to save all my chat um, about the final for that podcast in particular. So we're just going to keep this one about Aberdeen. I will save up my shoots, I'll save my predictions, I'll save up everything that concerns me and everything that excites me later on in the week with yourself and Spunk Phone. So see for now, take it away.
0: Right, thank you Stevie. Thanks to all listeners. As usual, you can find us in all the usual podcast platforms. You know where but now we've been doing this long enough. Leave us five stars and great reviews about how fantastic we are. You can find Stevie on Instagram and Twitter at Gigpod and he'll no doubt be pumping out the content ahead of the final and on the day the final as, as well. Yep, and the next podcast, lucky listeners. They get three podcasts in the next week to ten days. Not only this podcast that you're listening, to, but this midweek. Probably on Thursday, a special cup final preview with me, Stevie and Spunkphone Yep, the three is reunited once more. And all we will we'll be doing the review podcast as well. The three is what a treat that's gonna be for the listeners. So that's what you can expect from GigPod over the next week. We have to do something special. It's the Cup Final, it's against Rangers and it's gonna be an exciting day no doubt. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic on Sunday, and hail, hail.
1: Network.